So we're recording this from the past for the future, which is now, but also this episode is coming out on uh, like the last few days of tour. Yes. But also we are currently in the day before we leave on tour. In the present in that the is present not, that is the, not present the present for, for you, you. Yes. dear listener. Uh-huh. This is like a diary. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a shared diary. Uh, Have you ever kept a diary? uh, I mean, I've journaled. It's kind of... It's the same thing. Is a journal... uh, Does that feel like a more manly way of saying Yeah, you know what I mean? That was what I was doing. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's not a diary. I'm not playing with dolls. I'm playing with action figures. I'm putting my... It's my feelings journal, not my feelings diary. Right, right. Um, Whatever you need it to be. Right. I wish I could. Um, I wish I could keep a, di- a tour diary, especially because I know people that do that. And I think it like really helps with remembering everything. But then also you have to like take the time to write to every it. day when, yeah, when it's well, such a. Um, before you cut me off for my toxic masculinity. Sure. What I was going to say was that I have kept a journal, but I just generally give up after a few entries mm-hmm. because, uh, well, uh, so, like, with, like, keeping a tour diary, I'm kind of a steel trap for tour. You what know, you like, I, I hold the lore deep inside my head. And sure. sometimes I feel like when I'm, like, there's a there's a degree of when I'm condensing things and journaling them that mm-hmm. I'm not living as much in the moment. In the moment. And I feel I, that I, for I sure. Have, I have kind of a freak memory. So you have a pretty good memory, but then yeah, for like very like specific things, yeah, yeah, like the plot of Lost, as we right, know. yes, that's the plot of Lost, and like which to- like I was very upset because the other day you were like, didn't you shit your pants on both of the last tours? You shit your pants on multiple tours. No, that I've is- only oh. shit my pants on one tour. No, no, no. You okay? Maybe you no, almost I've shit almost your pants shit my pants on the way into many New Jersey. times. Yes, but on I a bridge, did, I did not shit my pants though. You were very close. It was close. It was a photo finish. <laughs> But I did not shit my pants. See, there that's what I'm talking about. Like maybe you need to keep a journal of like today's Scott shit his pants. Well, you know, and- I think you have a more distinctive memory of the almost versus the actual pants shit because they were your own pants. They were my own For pants. For me, it was just like there was an ambient <laughs> pants shitting threat no, multiple you've times. Been, you've just been living <laughs> this life being friends with someone that you think shits his pants every year. I'm very accepting of you. That's too accepting. <laughs> You're uh, my friend. I have only shit my pants the one time and it was because I had massive food poisoning. Okay. But you have gotten food. stomach I problems. I have stomach problems every single time. I could go through the exact details. Mm-hmm. I could talk about everything that happened, but you know what didn't happen? You didn't journal about it. Well, I didn't journal about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what didn't happen. Dear diary, I shit my pants today. Um, I hear, no, the problem is what people say is like it's hardest to write when you have a like just a nothing day right it's like easy to write when like events occur but it's hard to write when you have a nothing day well that's building the muscle though right that's what they would that's what they that's say that's what they would say yeah i like to like compose i'll definitely write down stories sometimes for um like 
for memory and but I I have I don't I can't enter a, a you know a day of although on tour there's no day of no experience it's all right, it's all experience <laughs> something new every moment um but yes we are currently um f- in the moment finishing a tour we're at the very end of it and what a time it has been um if you're joining us because you found us us at a show thank you for being a part of uh part of that because tours are very special and i have no idea yet what has happened other than obviously the elephants elephants, the bees yeah but um i do imagine that it has been a really special time of meeting a lot of special people and seeing some old friends because wow that's the uh, that is the magic of tours the the people oh. we we have met met and befriended and become friends for years now, yeah, across the country. And it's so awesome. You just send them a message. It's like I'm in your town for 24 hours. Well, it's like it's a combination. It's such a special thing because it's not just. It's like, <laughs> um, it's not just I'm in your town for 24 hours. It's like I'm in your town and I'm in your hair. Like, I'm staying with you. I'm like, you know, you're getting to hear every story of, like, what's going on in my life intimately. And I hear every story about what's going on in your life intimately. And some of the people that have become tour friends, it's like, I've seen them through, like, relationships starting and ending. And I see them every, you know, once a year or so. And I find out everything that's going on. And it's like this deep knowledge. A condensed history. Yeah, it's like checking in on someone over... I don't know. Uh, it it's like a special because it has such <laughs> so much like time passes in between that it's kind of like a if 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 it was a yearly diary entry that someone was writing. Yeah, that's kind of what it turns into a yearly check in. I mean, that's summarizing that of the whole. <laughs> I'll just say that like Liam has. Well, okay. We have introduced Liam to touring. Yes. You know, taught him its ways. Mm-hmm. And he has learned the ways. Yeah. But I remember that, like, on some of the first ones, we would be, like, talking about people that we see once a year, maybe. And then Liam was, like, he got kind of mad. I'm like, you don't know these people. And I was you know, like, like, I do. Like, I, it's like, you do. You know them, like, better than people that you see every day. Yeah, in a very weird way, you do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think that, I was talking to a few friends, un, not tour friends, just close friends from um, college time that I've stayed, you know, because like, when you, when you, different phases of your life, you meet different people, and um, sometimes people feel like they're going to be forever friends, and they turn out to be just friends for that time, and that's like a beautiful thing within yeah. itself, it's, a, it's the person that you need in that moment. And then you go your separate ways, and whether or not you ever relink up again, it doesn't invalidate the the, you know, the beauty. experience. Yeah, but there is something just as you get older. There's mm-hmm. something to friendships that you that last over many years. That regardless of how much time you're spending in proximity, exactly. Yeah. Like there are friends that I talk to almost every day. I talk to you almost every day. Somehow I still don't remember the details of your pants shitting, mm. but you know, I there are. You're an okay friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, r- rank me on your MySpace top eight, how you will, with Seven. this knowledge. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do feel like there's. 
it's a different thing when you when you don't talk to someone for a long time and you can snap back. Snap, yeah, the snapback buds are. Yeah. I, I mean, super special. Yeah, because you just pick. You know, you just pick right back off where you were, mm-hmm. and you do know. Like you do know you you know them very well, and they. I mean, they know me better than a lot of people know me. It's yeah. just, it's a very intense. Uh, it's like know. intense and at a distance. Yeah, it's like it it, it um is a thing of its own. Yeah, because it's like I want to know how everyone's do. There's just something about I think it's like classic like porcupine dilemma. Like you are around someone all of the time, and you're like, get get away from me. You know, like uh-huh. I I do care, but also like oh, this is so much time. You know. Yeah, and like we. I think the people that are closest to us that we see all the time, we maybe have a little more. It's like that weird thing where we're a little more comfortable hurting people that we are the closest with. That's right. not a good thing, no, but no. it is a thing. It is a thing. Um, like statistically likely. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, right. just in, even just You're like more likely to get murdered know. by someone you know. Yeah, definitely murder. But I just mean right. also no, just I know like also emotional, emotional pain. just being. Um, I just think that there's something in the 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 most extreme like uh, edge of that is just that like it's being close to someone does something to like uh, what we see as acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a problem with humanity, I guess. Yeah, I think it's just hard to be vulnerable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to not be vulnerable as well. That's its own. That's also a problem. Yeah. Turns out they're both bad. It's, you know. Yeah. It's its own version of, like, what we were talking about of uh, action versus inaction last week. Either thing can be a problem. Yep. The outcome. So then, I mean, you you have to weigh outcomes at that point. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the solution to all things is that you have to weigh outcomes and, um, but the, the, the trick is that you don't know the outcomes. Of being vulnerable versus right. be not being vulnerable with a person, so you just take in the information. Taking chances, I guess it's more like uh, the trolley. You could flip the lever, uh, and you don't know which path it'll take. Right. It's a it's a random it's a random lever. Yes, but maybe that's part of why the friendships with people that you see you know, once a year that you do have this close relationship with. There's this weird, like, you're not going to hurt each... It's like the hurt has is taken out because there's yeah. no hurt. You just know each other super well, but you aren't, well, like, uh, but I de- mean, detailed. You're not in each other's lives to cause any drama. You just get to, like, hear about the year that has unfolded and then yeah, continue upon your next year. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I don't. I know like exactly n- what you mean. There's n- you're well, not as. But I would say that even I. I think that there. I think that there is something to that. There's also like, I definitely have like, good friends that have like, through one thing or another, like dropped a show, you know, mm-hmm. which is which is like the the the, the tour friend version of thing. like yeah <laughs> yeah. 
but the thing is, is that it's almost like it, it, you get over it fast. It, it's this. It, it, it's the same thing. It's like a condensed experience of like, well, that definitely is not good. But also, I love you. Whatever. Yeah. Like, see you next time. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, so there is. I mean, there is like a drama that can happen, but it's not. It, it's always. It's just worked through in the it, at like a pace that is condensed which is nice yeah yeah maybe because you know that there's time right that will unfold i will i'll see you in a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> things will be different mm-hmm. oh time. time how we need it to work through things and how it is limited resource the most limited resource we have limited resource and un uh, speed upable or slow downable. Right. I mean, it is a universal constant. It is and it isn't because it like depends. You know. No, right. I mean our perspective on perspective, it. Yeah. But you just have to move through it. I say as I do and you do. We're all moving through it. Okay. Today this is <laughs> I don't know radio. Sorry, I've you know killing it on the other no, end of this great. podcast. When this podcast is airing, hopefully I've moved through time. Right. Um, considering it is scheduled at right. a place through time. Um, I'm Summer Krinsky. I'm Scott Murphy. This is Out on Heart Radio. And this could be your new favorite band. Uh, yeah. Who are we talking about today? Uh, well, my French pronunciation is always notoriously uh, horrible, but it is uh, Rouge Renard. Okay. Renard. Okay. Yeah. I don't know French stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, just everyone always. Jesus. Yeah. This is a judgment-free zone here between uh-huh. us two. But I know that all of you are judging my yes. Frenchies. Well, it is very cool, dark, super yeah, dark, dark. Yeah, so dark. dark. Kind of on theme with a few other ones we've done. Um, Not in the last few, but yeah. before that, I, there was kind of a... You know, I like a dark, smoky lounge thing. Yeah, this one particularly reminded me of the soundtrack to... Do you, I think we've talked about this, the sh- not on the podcast, but just us. The show Dead Like Me. Yeah. Do you remember the theme song, yes. Boom Boom Bop? Yep. Yep, it does. It has that. It's the it's the like super prepared piano thing that's happening. Yeah, and just like dark rhythmic, um, like I mean that song. It, it feels like it could fit into the soundtrack of Dead Like Me, which was a yep. show about um, being dead, being dead, and like uh, being a grim reaper. Right? Yeah. I was like, I'm it was yeah. so long ago. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, Patinkin. Tinkin, the best. So good. Yeah, underrated show if you've never seen it, Dead Like Me. But yep. it uh, is like, a basically opens, I don't think this is a spoiler of any sort. It oh, it opens with, with the, the, yeah. the toilet seat. Uh, from space. From space kills George. George. Yeah. And she becomes a Grim Reaper. And then she's got other Grim Reaper buddies. It's funny. It sounds kind of like stupid, but it's like actually quite funny and well done and yeah. talks about death and how nothing's fair and in but also about love and life and family and relationships and and also being like a teenage woman or yeah. t- like a teenager becoming a woman yeah. time um it's a beautiful show and i i want to say that it's Brian Fuller who's a, 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 a kind of like a king of like 
one season shows, two season shows. I think there shows. were a few seasons, right? Two? Two. Yeah. Uh, and an unwatchable are just like, movie. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I heard it, wasn't, it was very yeah, bad. It wasn't good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like his whole history, because it's uh, like Wonder Falls, one season, very good, very important. Never saw it. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Dead Like Me, two seasons, very good, very important. Uh, Pushing Daisies. Uh, Still haven't fin- I always start it and then I right. get distracted. It seems uh, good. It, Lee Pace feels like it is comes from so hot. What? It's Lee Pace, the lead. He, the lead guy. He is very. Oh, yeah. He's not really. That's he's your... not that hot in um, Pushing in Daisies. Pushing Daisies, but uh, Halt and Catch Fire, which is also like a super solid show. He's like one of the leads in it. He's very hot. Okay. Yeah, that's like worth a watch. It's just at him at Peacock. Peacock. Okay. Yeah, worth noting. Worth noting <laughs> for tips, anyone out there. Uh, but yeah, pushing daisies, and then uh, Hannibal. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. And specifically the, the show. F- the show. I haven't seen the show. So Fuller did the first two seasons. I can't remember if he did the first season and. And like half of the second season, and then left the show due to them like not wanting to give him a billion dollars anymore. But he, it, it is, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like the first I've season of good. Hannibal yeah. is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's grotesque, but very beautiful. It's like something that only his eye could do. Uh, and then he did... has a, a connection with the macabre. Yeah, like a humorous, it... dark connection. Yep. Yeah. Um, because then he went on and then he did American Gods, which first season, incredible. And then the network didn't want to keep giving him a billion dollars. So he quit. And then that show became horrendous. Wow. Yeah. I've, I have not seen that show either. Yeah. That's like his whole his whole trajectory is just doing things that are incredible that everyone goes like, this is incredible. Oh, my God, you're a genius. And then somebody being like, no more money for you. Mm hmm. Which and then they keep continue it. They, oh, they him continue it on without dies. him, and then it's very you know pointless. There's something still to the you know auteur like visionary person. Yeah, um, I definitely believe in it very strongly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> musically attempting to do that, uh, but I think that um, it's kind of funny how it's just that's the the tale often is is a. Uh, like a corporate non-belief in the power of one creative mind. Yeah. And then um, it just repeats over and over again that that seems to still, like, be necessary to make a thing that has... Because uh, someone depth. at some point, someone has to filter the vision of what a thing is. Yes. You know, yeah. like that There's is to be like a final There has to be a final trainer imprint. Yeah. When you're doing something and six people all think that they have equal weight in what the final vision is, it is going to be bad. Because mm-hmm. it's uh, the thing is is that like you have to force perspective in any sort of project. Yeah. And committing to one perspective i think is the most important decision to make it doesn't really matter which one it is it it does matter well, i think someone can be yeah. given a full auteur uh, okay. visionary uh, uh you know given the reins and they can do a bad job i uh, <laughs> i guess what i mean you can is have a 
that I would rather that it is one perspective that is bad than, you know, a billion that are. Yeah. Well, and I think one It'll perspective that's really. It'll at least feel really, cohesive. That's also how you get. I, I mean, I haven't seen The Room, but I assume that's how you get that style. Yes. It's like it is definitely someone's perspective. It just. Oh yeah, very it's very bad. bad. But, but the thing is, is that it's still watchable. Like. Yeah. It's still watchable because I'm seeing it through one insane person, insane person's perspective, yes. uh-huh. and that's what makes it beautiful. Totally. And then, yeah, you know, it stands the test of time. So this track, it's also very important that we're talking about all these other things because there is no copy. There is this is a this is a this there is, is a, a find. This is just a find. This uh-huh. is again. And it's incredible. I mean, it's a full album, and all of them uh, stack up. You know, yeah. 12 tracks. They all provide this vibe. Nothing's half-baked. Everything's super clear in vision on this album. Um, but but there's no information. There's no information. Man. Well, um, if they ever reboot Dead Like Me, this uh, person should be the composer for the soundtrack yeah because it totally like i heard it was going into the next song too and like the entire yeah. uh, atmosphere of this is it a band or a single person or you don't even we don't even know we have that much. a um music lyrics <laughs> and vocals by margot salmi and then mixing and mastering by daniel Gwizdek. Sounds like one person. It's then. yeah, yeah. It's one okay. person, but I mean, that's like that's the copy. All right. Music, lyrics, vocal. Margo, we want to know Margo, more. Margo, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's really cool. It's definitely has. I mean, it gives me the Im- imagery of. Um, it's, it, it's super evocative. I mean, I think that everyone could just put this on and just you know go to a different place. Put this on and go walk around um, a cemetery. cemetery. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels this like. This is some do. real good cemetery, cemetery walk in. Yeah. Maybe it's just because of the immediate Dead Like Me comparison. Oh, it's very spooky. Yeah. Uh, spooky, it is tagged but... as spooky pop. Freaky nice. pop. Freaky pop. Yeah. Cool. I like that. It definitely, yeah. Um, maybe like a little bit of like that Billie Eilish influence, but wait, I wouldn't say it's in that zone at all. It's definitely yeah, a little there's more. No, it's much loungier. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. More laid back, but it's got some electronics combined with some, you know, dark textural stuff and a haunting female vocal. Um, but yeah, it, it just makes me, it definitely really made me want I just, I just keep going to the it made me want to rewatch that TV show. Good. <laughs> I mean that's the thing. That's like I mean I think that's the most important thing and that is my that is my entire reason for doing this is that I think that you know finding a new piece of music can just make us think of something that we weren't thinking of before and if you weren't thinking about watching Dead Like Me before I definitely wasn't. I no. am really happy that you've had this thought. I haven't watched that since I think I was in high school when I found it. Yeah. Back in the send in, I think it came from um, a send in when you would send to Netflix. You used to get the oh the, the DVDs, DVDs in, in the, the mail. mail. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Grandma Krinsky. Man, is that is that the like back in my day? That is some back in my day shit. Back in my day. <laughs> 
Does anyone remember that? You used to have to, with early Netflix, it was like Blockbuster-esque. It was like one step up. And you would they would have some stuff streaming, but not that much. And you had to be like, they had everything, though, that yeah. you could want. And you would ask them. You would ask like, Mr. In, Netflix. Yeah. You'd, you'd be like, I you'd want. You'd have to request a DVD. And yeah. And they would send it. They'd send it in the mail. mail. Then you yeah. mail it back. My parents didn't know what I was doing. Cool. Because I just like. <laughs> they didn't understand what I, I like. I took a film class and I was like, "Oh, it's so cool!" And I got into watching weird stuff and I would just like be doing my Netflix mail. <laughs> my mom would be like, "What? What's happening? Why are you mailing even DVDs back and forth with someone?" <laughs> Who's Mister Netflix? Yes, <laughs> and why does he send you uh, avant-garde? TV shows and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies. Uh, well, I think that we might have to transition. We're going to flip we don't to the have, back half. Yeah, we don't have much more to say other than check out this tune. Yes. Uh, the whole album came out on February 27th, so it's all out, and you can, you know, go have a great time. If you're in France, maybe go try to see R- R- Rouge? Rouge. Renard. Renard. Live. Live. Uh, so I, uh, you know, came across really solid copy while I was looking for music for okay. these episodes. But not solid music? No, incredibly solid music. It's oh. just like very popular. Oh, gotcha. So, so it's like it, it couldn't it be could, the feature. Yeah. Have you ever listened to Youth Lagoon? Not really. I know the name. Yeah. I haven't listened to them. So it was, they just put out a new record and it came, you know, it was just in the feed. Yeah. And I listened to it and, well, first off, it's really, really good. Okay, cool. The, the new single, it sounds, incre- it sounds great. And it's also very strange. So I was thinking like, oh, cool. Like this would be cool a great for an one episode. To talk about, yeah. And it's it's huge. Mm-hmm. And which I think is awesome cuz like I do like the thing that I think is nice is that most of the time when I come across something that I haven't heard before and I think it's awesome, it is doing well. Yeah. You know? So that's really cool <laughs> as a uh, for society. Yeah. Um so I got really into, I just went like, oh, what what's the story behind this and everything? And I just came across like the most fun copy that I've read uh, in quite a while. And I do think it's important to highlight like what good copy can bring to a release. Yeah. I feel like when you say copy, it makes it sound so, but you're saying like, th- what's the story behind it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, you know, but like, wh- how was it written? Mm-hmm. So, uh, the new Youth Lagoon album is called "Heaven Is a Junkyard," and "Idaho Alien" is the opening single. Um, so, Youth Lagoon is Trevor Powers, uh, and they're from Boise, and we're about to be in Boise. Hey, so, like, what a what a cool, cool thing! Or we were in Boise in your timeline. Uh, so, here's the copy. In 2016, Trevor Powers shut the door on Youth Lagoon. I felt like I was in a chokehold, he says. Even though it was my music, I lost my way. In a lot of ways, I lost myself. So, you know, kind of a classic. I'm, you know, turning my, you know. They got really big, right? Yeah. I mean, I know I know yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he was out of inspiration. Or feeling like something had changed within himself that he didn't want to uh-huh. change 
So um, stepping back from the alias, Powers found personal transformation at his home in Idaho and released experimental tapes under his own name, uh, 2018's Mulberry Violence and 2020's Capricorn. Um, My mind has always been a devil, says Powers. It tells me terrible things, like I'm worthless, ugly, or broken. It's like a motel TV stuck on a channel that won't shut off with static and endless late-night ads and preachers screaming about the end of the world. Like, I mean, <laughs> identifiable, Trevor. <laughs> uh, in October 2021, something changed the channel. After taking an over-the-counter medication, Powers had a drug reaction so severe it turned his stomach into a nonstop geyser of acid, coating his larynx and vocal cords for eight months. I saw seven doctors and multiple specialists. I lost over 30 pounds, but no one could help me. Uh, by Christmas, he could no longer speak. Turning Whoa. To, yeah. Tur- yeah. Turning to text messages and a pen and paper as his only ways to communicate. I wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to speak again, yet alone sing, he says. I'm taking an over-the-counter uh, medication? Yeah. What, like one time? and then One time, started... and it just like severe acid like reflux as a result. Wow. Yeah. I know so... so uh, I'm interrupting the copy oh, to say... Oh, please do. I know so many people that in their like late 20s, 30s start having like crazy acid reflux problems, and I like wonder whether that's... Is that like... A, does that happen? Did that always happen, or is this like a modern phenomenon? I think it's always happened. Okay, I it's mean, just people just get older. The, and the they body. Like... I mean, we were built to last until like twenty five. Mm-hmm. That was like what Mother Nature deemed as peak human longevity uh-huh. in uh, writing our code. Okay, and then after that, it's, it's just, just kind of we it's keep just extending, falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, back to the text. It all felt symbolic in a way. I'd been swallowing fear all my life, and now here it was, coming back up. I used to think that God watches people suffer. Now I know she suffers with you, and that changed everything. So, like, there's, like, a... There's a really big, like, Philip K. Dick thing happening here, Mm -hmm. like, extreme physical distress turning into spiritual awakening, turning into art, which I just... I love when I love it when people do it. Yeah, you know, I love to see I love to see it turned into something because it's you can you can get hit with the god stick and just like kind of like turn into just like a, I'm a dirt I'm I'm a worm for God. Yeah. You know? or you can get hit with the god stick and just like really put out some really torched awesome <laughs> stuff. Totally. Uh, and that's I think that that's great. Uh, The growth that followed that nightmare narrowed Power's focus. Rather than writing about the world at large, he started writing about home. Family, neighbors, and grim reapers, laughs Powers. I've always written about faraway things. That was my way of running from home. But the best material has been right in front of me this whole time in Idaho. So lead single is Idaho Alien. You know, uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, With whispers of country... Heaven is a Junkyard is mutant Americana in a world of love, drugs, storytelling, and miracles, held together by Powers' voice and an upright piano. If a lyric wasn't right, a song wasn't right, says Powers, who scrapped two and a half albums worth of material because it wasn't honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love 
throwing away songs. You have to. They're not quite right. Toss them into the fire. Yeah. Um, Heaven is a Junkyard is about all of us. It's stories of brothers leaving for war, drunk fathers learning to hug, mothers falling in love, neighbors stealing mail, cowboys doing drugs, friends skipping school, me crying in the bathtub, dogs catching rabbits, and children playing in tall grass. Throughout the album, he stitches together a lyrical style that feels both punk and Western. Daddy Come Home and Daddy's on Junk, Power Sings on Idaho Alien, nestled between a saloon-style piano and a rhythmic hiss that sounds like a baby monitor. Prize Fighter, the album's third track, was written while watching a VHS of Drugstore Cowboy. Against mm, a gauzy curtain... Favorite. Yeah, that's a good one. I love Drugstore Cowboy. Uh, Matt Dillon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, there was a poster I made that was, I told you. Yes. For a show we played this last right. summer. That was very drugstore cowboy. I remember that one. Inspired. Yeah. That That's a solid watch. Is that Gus Van Zandt? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, we're just on a film recommendation kick on this one. Yeah. That one's, that one's very good. Um, against a gauzy curtain of lap steel guitar and a CR-78 drum machine, he explores the bond between two brothers, leaving it undefined what is fact and what is fiction. Tommy left for war with no goodbye. I never got a chance to ask him why. Uh, the Sling, a song Powers refers to as the album's core, is a ghostly and naked piano ballad. We hear each line like a foyer peeping through a crack in the wall. On a lonely street, children still play, families still eat. Heaven is a junkyard, is a phrase Powers wrote down in his journal after watching a neighbor's farmhouse catch fire. I wasn't even sure what those words meant at the time. I'm not sure if I still do. But when the album's title is heard at the end of the sling, it feels substantial. Heaven is a junkyard and it's my home, sings Powers. Uh, Recorded in six weeks... That was Having a very, a, uh, I don't know what it means, but it's provocative. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. Uh, recorded in six weeks, Heaven is a Junkyard is a work of absolute devotion, a portrait of the God-haunted American West, and a reminder that there's always love in the tall grass. Youth Lagoon was never the chokehold. I was. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I came across that, and I just thought that was really good, al- like, really good album writing. Always love in the tall grass. Also, Ticks, though, you got to watch out. I know watch Idaho, out for you don't have the same stuff. You're not as uh, as much as East Coast with the... Um, with Tick problems? Well, with the, specifically with the, you know, what's it called? Uh, oh, the, the... one, the very, the very destroys your life. Uh, uh, Lyme's, Lyme's disease. disease. Sorry, to bad be a time. Sorry, yeah. sorry to be a downer to the. Uh, I but. mean, as I mean, I'm sure that it'll get over into your neck of the woods as climate change continues to encroach, and then you will be having the Lyme's disease dilemma, and then you got to be looking for those bullseyes, and and then the tall grass takes a whole new meaning, and you're like, ah, ticks. <laughs> No, that's really nice writing, and um, it's cool to hear that someone. I don't know. It sounds like it took a like a big break. Big break, yeah, eight years. That's huge, yeah, yeah, and really kind of re re built, built themselves from the ground up. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, which, and it's actually good. Oh, and it's sometimes it's, people do that, and then yeah, they have their oh, big comeback, yeah, 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 and it's yeah. um. No, it's incredible. I it's really the song's really really good. You think it's better than their old stuff? Yeah. Did you? Okay. Wow. Yeah, I went back. It's just it's just very it's just, it just feels. It's the the thing that struck me in the in the whole thing was like if a lyric isn't right, the song isn't right, and I would throw it away. It feels like there was a lot of things that just got like left on the floor. All fat was trimmed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, that just makes something that's that like forced perspective mm-hmm. thing. I think that that's I think that's how you force it in the most effective way is that you just like chop stuff out. You go like, "Oh, that's actually not necessary." I think that like in the creative process, you bring a lot of, you know, elements to the table. Yeah. But then you know, at the final push, like out the door, it's like actually this thing not important. Yeah, dies. <laughs> this thing, and that like funnels the vision. Yeah, I mean, I've had. Well, this is. A, it's funny to hear you say that because we often have back and forths where I'm like, I want to kill this song. It's not right, and you try to get me to not well kill it. <laughs> I- I don't want the song to be dead. It's what just like, just what died? if what if the humunculus died? Yeah. Sometimes I guess is that's what I'm more of what I'm saying is like maybe it's not the song. I maybe, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it is the song. Sometimes, well, yeah, sometimes things it's are the just song. not quite sometimes right. Sometimes it's not. It's, yeah. Sometimes and it's the song. It's the it's too deeply interwoven and it's just not right for whatever you're trying to do at that moment. Right. You know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Funny you should say it because when I was like, I'm just gonna remix "Meet Me on the Internet" mm. uh, for the, th- I'm just gonna start from scratch and do it in an afternoon, and that's gonna be the mix. You were like, that sounds crazy. Why no, would I you didn't. do? I was like, yeah, let's do it. I replayed the drums on that song, so this is a song right. that's gonna be on the upcoming album that Here you can now plug. pre-save. Yeah. Um, and the way you would pre-save that is you go to the Instagram at Summer Like the Season Music, and there's a link. Uh, and click from that link. link, you click it and you hit pre-save. You and I guess we ha- we really should have been talking about this on the previous right. episodes. You mm. log into Spotify, you hit pre-save, and to doing that for us or for any band that you like, and you see them like being annoying about oh, pre-saves, do they're doing it be- like because I know it sucks. It it's does like suck. why would I pre? I'm just gonna listen when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But pre-saving it makes it so that when the moment it drops, it gets added to your library, which that doesn't matter that much for you personally. You're like, oh, I'll just find it and add it to my own library. But to once the it's algorithm, out. it looks like Huge. 300 people added it to their library in at an the instant. same time. Yeah. And then that makes it pop off. That makes it feed to other sources. So um, you're really, really helping artists that you love by hitting pre save on their music. It, it really helps the ability to widen the fan base using the internet. Um, But yes, there's a song, the first song off the upcoming uh, Summer Like the Season record that the drums got re-recorded, I think, three times. Yeah, they weren't right. Until they were. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how you know the drums that you're getting mm-hmm. are the right drums. Yes, we have tested. We've we've we, we, we tried really... a bunch of different things. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's how you make. That's how it. That's what you have to do. Yeah, it, yeah. it seems wild, but it's the only way to make things 
um, when it isn't right. Because, okay, you can just keep trying to, to tinker sometimes. Right. Oh, but I don't, th- I don't think that that's ever actually good. Well, I mean, I think in a funny way, it's like where we get obsessed at a young age, at least for me, when I started to get obsessed with recording. Part of, I mean, I... I mean, we both come from a classical background, me classical piano, you classical violin. And there is something to the perfect performance. Right. um, That becomes an obsession and um, also like a known unreachable goal because you can't. Can't. um, Especially if you like there are certain things about like natural faculty and like it, it like you can practice and practice. There's just things that will always you know, it's like a, a five foot person can't probably play in the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. there's like there's just a spectrum of like practice to talent to physical faculty to all these different things that like um, all feed into whether you can have, be like the very very top echelon. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, where am I going with this? I'm going with this uh, to th- when I was like 13, I started to get obsessed with recording because you could literally make it perfect. Right. You could actually make things that were perfect because you could, you know, if, if you played it through and there was like one moment that wasn't perfect, you could just go fix slice it in. You yeah. could fix that moment. And I was like, um, totally taken with that idea Be- because perfection doesn't mean per- like, cause sometimes in, per- sometimes a mistake-sounding thing is perfect. It's perfect because it fits the moment. Yeah, and it fits like, the moment better than if it was like perfectly aligned. Yeah, perfect, perfection like, isn't about it being um, without flaws. It's about being with the with with the perfect flaws. Right. <laughs> um, the exact flaws that needed to find their way into that moment. But uh, sometimes. I think when I first got obsessed with recording, it was the idea that I could like sculpt a performance after. And then as you go on and on, you realize, um, especially with just the like the way a sound is captured, yep. if something's off for the, and it could, it could, it could be captured in a way that's still, um, valid. It's not like it's not like a bad quality. It just isn't quite right for the song as a whole. Yep. The way is to redo it. The way is to redo it because there comes a point at which you cannot make something different than it was. Yeah. It's I, you can do all sorts of corrections. You can move it into the right place. You can put it in the right spot. But there is a the core. Once you start getting, I guess that's the thing that it's like I have to stop because there, there's a degree of like core fundamentals that could be shifted in a sound, mm-hmm. obviously, but there, once you start trying to reach for something that isn't there, it's when you start to ruin it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm definitely. You got me interested in listening to this. Youth Lagoon song. Yeah, it's great. I'll be checking it out. Song's great. Um, I think this is a a little bit of a short one, but we'll be back in town and we'll be back on that regular I Don't Heart Radio schedule coming up. Um, if you like what you hear, um, check it out. Also, I I haven't said this in a while, but we do like update. There's a playlist for I Don't Heart Radio, so Mm -hmm. if you just come in on an episode and you are like want to 
pick and choose ones that you want to listen to based on like, oh, this song's really cool. Like there's a playlist of really cool songs of now we're at like over 40 yep. um, episodes. So there's a, a playlist, um, I Don't Heart Radio. Um, I think it's, you can find it through that same link tree link, which is um, on the at Summer Like the Season Music Instagram. You can also follow I Don't Heart Radio and there should be a link there too. Yep. At I Don't Heart Radio Pod, and Scott is at a ton of underscore mastering. And then, if you like this, give it a share, give it five stars, write some sort of note to us. You can email us if you're in a band or know a band that sh- is releasing some new music and you think it's really good and it's worth worthy of being covered. Um, I Don't Heart Radio Pod at gmail.com. Subject line Tour was very good. That's nice. Yeah. Manifest it. <laughs> All right. See y'all next time. How can you be so cool?